episode 852 of The Critical Hit. I'm John, your host, and tonight we have... Uh, Edmund from Washington Heights, and uh, someone sent this strange distress call, and uh, I, I, I just had to uh, warp in to find out what it was about. Uh, this is Gary from Jacksonville, and I really have to work on my snappy comebacks. <laughs> oh, we have three weeks worth of episodic discussion coming your way that's not as much as it sounds like certainly not uh what you would have expected from years past no this is olympic season so there's uh not nearly as much on as there used to be but before we get into any of the actual details uh edmund why don't you go ahead and give us our typical disclaimer uh, yes, uh, when uh, we talk about these episodes, uh, we might go in-depth on some of them, we might not go in-depth on others, but uh, when we do go in-depth, uh, we will definitely talk about things that will spoil you if you haven't seen them. That's correct. And as usual, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of go through these episodes as they fall in the week as we typically cover it, which tends to be from Wednesday to Tuesday. Don't ask me why, it's like some weird tradition that we came up with a long time ago. Largely because of when we used to record, so there you are. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and start with a show that has wrapped up its fourth season, and that is The Librarians, which was airing on Wednesday nights, season four, episode 11, and The Trial of the One, and episode 12, and The Echoes of Memory. Um, Perfectly serviceable end of the season. It seems like, Gary, maybe you liked it a bit more than I did. Oh, yeah. No, I've, I they make no illusions that I've been enjoying this uh, season uh, for the most part throughout it. Uh, I feel that they've sort of hit their groove. Uh, each librarian gets their own little chance to shine for a few minutes and the uh, plot gets solved. <laughs> um, it's uh, formulaic for the most part, but uh, I'm, I'm fine. Not everything needs to be a uh, season long uh, mystery or drama for me to appreciate it. It's like fair. It's a, uh, it's a uh, guilty pleasure. Um, I did like the, they did actually, I take that back though. There actually was an ongoing storyline this year, uh, this season. And um, they did resolve it as the end came up and it was, um, it was uh, a happy ending and not quite what I expected. And Noah Wiley came back for the last episode. So anyway, how you uh, still gave it a good grade. <laughs> It was the guest star. What can I say? It must have been. Yes. Yes, and it Rachel was. Nichols yeah. once again elevating the material. Yeah, you know, she she, she easily garners a point all by herself. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but but now it um it sort of re- we finished up the uh, bonding to the library that we talked about. It did leave a few mystery hanging threads though. Um, we were told in four Dane there could have only be one librarian and uh, the librarians were going back and forth between saying I don't want any part of this to I want to be the li- the librarian and uh, I sort of felt while they said we're all librarians it really was unresolved and Noah Wiley was the one that was actually bonded to the library oh, yeah. so I'm uh, <laughs> you know this you know this sort of uh, multi-episode thing about who's going to be chosen and it was Noah Wiley and uh, while I don't think there was a solution except to open it up completely it was really completely ignored so they could have the nice bonding mm-hmm. bonding slash wedding ceremony that uh, Jenkins, thankfully, who was brought not only back from the dead, but if you were paying attention, he is also immortal again. Uh-huh. So uh, I didn't mind that that reset personally. but um, Well, they got to have their cake and eat it, too, so that was something. Literally. Uh, yes. but, so, um, but yeah, so I wish they had <laughs> come up with some better resolution to the whole uh, multiple librarian concept uh, dilemma issue. And um, they completely glossed over it. So uh, I'm a little disappointed, and that reflected slightly in my score. But um, yeah, it's still, it was still a lot of fun. I enjoyed the um, one or two of the uh, character pieces we got over the course of um, course of this uh, this season. We got a good one with Baird. We got um, a good one with Cassandra. Uh, so I was uh, I was I was happy that we got the um, got those you know the two individual sort of. Uh, uh, 
single purpose episodes for the most part. So um, I was overall happy with it. Uh, we also had a Jenkins episode. So uh, we got a lot of coverage independently besides as a group. So it uh, mm. worked out well for me. Yeah, you know, uh, they, they could have gone the total Highlander route when it came to there being only one librarian. But I don't think they would have gone for decapitating each other. Kind of oh, I was just looking for the cool lightning. Okay. Yeah, so. they're true. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, moving on then to The X-Files, also on Wednesday nights right now, Season 11, Episode 5, Ghoulie, which was an episode that made me think that they were wrapping things up for the saga as a whole, which, unfortunately, I'm almost certain that they're not going to do. And then Episode 6, Kitten, which, when you hear a title like that, surely you think backstory for Walter Skinner. <laughs> Of course. First thing out of, of my course. mind. First thing in my mind. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to know who's calling him kitten. No. Um, it wasn't nearly as good as, as even the title implies. So it just continues the long lineage of uh, Skinner-centric uh, episodes that are mediocre at best, sadly. Uh, and once again, highlighting that Chris Carter and company have a real problem when it comes to fleshing out any characters that aren't named Mulder or Scully. All right. Also on Wednesday nights, we had Riverdale season two, episode 12, the wicked and the divine and 13, the telltale heart, uh, both good episodes as this uh, second season continues to be dark and kind of disturbing, which is just the way I like Riverdale. The other show on Wednesday nights that I am just enjoying the heck out of is the magicians. Uh, it continues to be this wonderful blend of the dramatic, the comedic and the absolutely absurd season three, episode four, be the penny, uh, Episode 5, A Life in the Day, and then also Season 6, or not Season 6, Episode 6, Do You Like Teeth? Shall I mention where the teeth are? Or can you just imagine? Yeah, it's this show. You can probably imagine where it was. The, 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 the thing that really kind of jumped out at me, the episode was the fifth one, A Life in the Day. There was a musical montage in the middle of this where two characters that typically do not get a lot of time together anymore... Um, essentially lived a lifetime together and you got to kind of see their triumphs and tragedies over the course of a, a relatively long montage and it was one of the more affecting moments in a lot of these episodes I have to say and it just goes to show that a show that maybe you look at and go wow that's wacky and weird and what's that all about can just deliver some pretty solid storytelling. Uh, it, I don't know how well it reflects the source material since I have not read the, the, the uh, Magicians trilogy that this was based off of. But uh, much like The Expanse, this is another one of those shows that was based in literature and seems to be doing fairly well in terms of engaging a fan base. So uh, I'm enjoying it. I, I, it's one of my highlights of the week. Uh, thankfully, it's, one that, it's a show that it continues to run throughout Olympic coverage. Yes, good distraction from... The Olympics. Uh, on Thursday nights, of course, we still have Supernatural season thirteen, episode twelve, various unsundry villains, which was kind of mediocre. And then episode thirteen, yes, season thirteen, episode thirteen called <laughs> Devil's Bargain. Oh, yes, you you think they do something with that? <laughs> you think they would? <laughs> Long drawn out sigh as my two least favorite writers. Oh God! In the, in the stable. <laughs> Basically butcher the character of Lucifer for quite a bit of the episode. Yeah. Ouch. Yep. Yep. So that was unfortunate. <laughs> also on Thursday nights is Arrow season six, episode 12, all for nothing. And episode 13, the devil's greatest trick, which beat out devil's bargain as a much better episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. On the same channel, same night. 
Uh, I have really been enjoying uh, the whole saga with uh, Caden James and actually the kind of where they have taken things. Uh, I don't know about you, Gary, but I was kind of stunned that they made a little bit of a twist there and uh, quite happy with where they're taking things because uh, I really can't predict what this season is going to do at this point. No, it's been interesting. I thought uh, the um, Caden James character, as they're uh, as they are stringing along his motivations, are making it less of a uh, sort of mustache twirling. And actually, uh, you have a sense of his um, passion for why he's doing doing things, even if you don't agree with him. At least it, he feels less cardboard-like. And um, I, so I, I think they're doing a good job. And he's uh, he's uh, sort of. I don't know if torturing is the right way, but he's just um, you know wanting someone to pay for what happened, and he's um, trying to exact it out rather methodically. So, um, yeah, but not in a, but not in a sick or torturous way no, that you know some of the other villains have done in, in the show. Right. It's more just. One thing I like is that they tied his origins to last season, which was very uh, very nicely done. But then also, he's not necessarily sympathetic, but you can understand where he's coming from. Yes. Which is an interesting and very careful uh, mix to kind of play with. So good on the writers for managing that. On Friday nights, we had Season 5, Episode 10 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Past Life, which was the pretty much the end of that 10-episode arc that uh, was set in the future. And uh, yeah, guys, what did you think about the way that they brought that to a close? Did you manage to watch that one? <laughs> oh no, I did. I did. I'm just trying to trying to put it into words. Um, it was they laid all the foundation, so everything was there. So there really wasn't much of a surprise, well, except to find out what actually happened. But uh, <laughs> that little that little cliffhanger aside, um, I was hoping for a bit more of a twist, and it se- seemed fairly uh, straightforward as they uh, moved moved along with it. How about you, Edmund? What did you think about the way that they wrapped that up? Um, well, I mean, I thought that there. I think they they still had a. I mean, a a, a couple of, uh, of of nice twists at the end. Um, certainly, and uh, I'm realizing I think this may have actually been introduced in the previous episode. But but the whole thing with um, the with Yo Yo meet, meeting her her future self and uh, her future self being being the seer that uh, Cadius was using. Um, and uh, and certainly, you know, yes. I mean, this this whole thing of setting up that. Uh, Coulson, uh, the, that uh, at least according to to future Yo-Yo, um, Coulson is going to have to die to uh, to break this loop. Um, was uh, you know was you know that uh, it uh, introduced a, a a little bit of suspense for uh, for, for for when it returns, um, which is actually imminent as we uh, as we record. Um, interesting that uh, <laughs> apparently Phil Coulson and the Agents of Shield aren't afraid to go up against the Olympics, um, but. Uh, um, I I, uh, I I do agree with Gary that uh, that that, uh, that that certainly the the you know the the way they had set everything up um, in terms of how they were going to get back it uh, you know it was just a matter of uh, putting the pieces in place and uh, it did feel uh, a, a a little bit rote um, and uh, and certainly the, the 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 little bit of a cliffhanger in terms of uh, whether everybody actually got got uh, got got back to the room before the monolith uh, did its thing um, you know is you know, certainly giving us a, a a little bit of suspense, but uh, but it, it it's hard to imagine that uh, they 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 have left anybody behind. Um, but I guess we we will see soon enough. Sorry about that. <laughs> there was you know interjection from the canine set. Ah um, uh, yes, indeed. Okay. Yes. <laughs> 
Is that agreement or dissent? <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. But boy, were they very uh, passionate about it. Uh, let's well, see. Shield, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a good show. So they're it very is. Well, they're, they're, yes. What they're trying to tell people is that they should be watching. Because yeah, a far cry from season three when we were saying good riddance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. Yeah, it, it definitely is a going... If this is the final season, as many people seem to be speculating, it is going out on a pretty high note at this point. Yeah. All right, let's see here. Uh, we can then move ourselves over to, I believe, Sunday nights? Sunday nights, yes. And we have the last two episodes of the first season of Star Trek Discovery. Episode 14, The War Without, The War Within. And the season finale, episode 15, Will You Take My Hand? Uh, yeah, so we have a few disparate opinions about this, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, Edmund, why don't you go ahead and get us started? What did you think about the way that this season ended? Um, well, the, uh, um, the, that, that next to last episode, um, the, I mean, the, 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 this whole twist of them jumping back nine months later, the war is, they're, they're losing the war, um, and uh, that then being the hook for, you know, okay, that's that's uh, why we've brought back the mirror universe, Giorgio, to give us her her ruthless tactics for um, defeating the Klingons as she as she had done in the in the mirror universe. Um, it, uh, it, it 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 was starting to uh, stra strain my credulity in terms of this, whole, you know, them trying then introducing her as, you know, oh yes, we found Captain Giorgio, she's miraculously survived, and uh, except she is acting nothing like. Like herself, um, and uh, you know, I thought they could have been, you know, done a little bit more of a sort of wink and a nod of, you know, okay, the bridge crew, you know, can't really be accepting this, and um, and uh, and and certainly, you know, I, I I think it was it was really pointing out what I'm assuming is what Brian Fuller and the original sort of original direction of the show was in in terms of pushing the idea of, you know, or, or, or um, of, of how far the Federation might go under certain circumstances, um, and then trying to show how it came back around to the um, utopian Gene Roddenberry model that we all know from the original series and Next Generation. Um, and... You know, so that that uh, sort of that that uh, that next last episode of setting it up with short, you know, okay, we've got to go re really extreme to uh, now try and turn turn this war around. Um, I was I was willing to go along with that. It still, you know, yeah, seemed to be stre stretching the fabric of uh, of the Federation and uh, and the fact they kept in, you know in insisting that it, it being in the prime timeline um, quite a bit. Um, and uh, but uh, but 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 then for me. You know, I, I was I was going along with it in the in that next last episode, and then in the last episode, it I just thought they it it it, com it completely fell apart. Um, this whole concept of okay, we're going to blow up the Klingon homeworld, and then but then we're going we're, it, it's going to be subverted just because Burnham. Convincing, you know, you know, basically says, you know, Giorgio, no, you can't do this unless you kill me, and she just gives in. Felt incredibly weak, 
Um, the whole idea of Laurel then having this magic blue box that she could just show all the Klingons and say, no, I'm just going to blow you up and that's going to blow up the planet and that's going to bring everybody together. Um, just re- it just really felt like, you know, okay, yeah, there are all these things that we built up that we had to, we, you know, that we, we already had in the can and we had to uh, run with, um, but we really want to get away from that. So we're just going to have this, what, what to me felt like a, a, a really weak resolution to get rid of all that. And, um, and then, I mean, the, 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 the big thing at the end, um, I was hoping and praying as those call, as those call letters came up, you know, no, that it doesn't have to be that ship. Please let it be the Defiant. Don't let it be the Enterprise. And then it was. And I know some people are are, are over the moon about this, or you know, at least very accepting of this. But to me, it just felt like you know, yeah. See, we really are in the Prime Universe. Um, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, really. And to me, you know, you know, I, I wanted you know, you know, some some you know, nice twist of you know, no, it being you know, the 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 Defiant has somehow made it back from the Mirror Universe with Prime Lorca as the captain. <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, that, you know, that, that would have been more interesting, you know, and, uh, and, and, and this is coming from somebody, you know, who's not one of those who was, you know, just, you know, absolutely, you know, dismissive of this and said, you know, oh no, this is not, you know, no, I was interested in the way they were, they were exploring these things. Um, and, uh, you know, but, uh, the, you know, the, 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 the phrase that popped into my head when, when that finale ended was, you know, th- this was a damp squib of a, of a finale. And, uh, you know, I know given the, the score, you know, the scores from, from you two, you know, you're not necessarily, you know, you're, you're a bit more accepting of it, but for me, it, it, uh, you know, it was a way of just kind of just papering over all this stuff you, that, that they built up and, you know, and, you know, and yes, leaving, you know, you leaving a few little threads, you know, Giorgio is still out there. Um, Tyler is, you know, off doing his, you know, Jakar and Lita, you know, march through the, through the Klingon world with Laurel. Um, but, uh, you know, but, 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 but for me, I, 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 I was deeply disappointed and as, you know, and, and as, as much as I enjoyed hearing the closing original theme music at the end, um, I was sitting there going, you know, no, this, uh, you know, this is, uh, just, uh, <laughs> basically trying to, uh, just do away with this first season. And now we're going to go on and do the show that, uh, we want to do now that Brian Fuller's not around. Which, actually, I mean, to a certain degree, was why I gave it a little bit of a favorable score, because it's almost like you could feel the entire season long how they were trying to meld Fuller's intentions with their sympathies, perhaps. Um, And also just the fact that they felt like they were not justifying a lot of things along the way. Uh, But the thing that I... There's two big things that actually jump right out at me, and the first one, I'll, I'll... Actually, I'll amend that. There are three. The one that's probably the most superficial is I have never seen Sarek smile so much, ever, as he did in that (laughs) final episode. Yes. James Frain, you're awesome in so many other roles. You cannot do a Vulcan. You just... Mm -hmm. And and how many takes did they just decide to just stop? (laughs) If that's what they were left with. Because at some point, someone had to take him aside and say, Vulcans don't do that. But they didn't. Um, Secondly... You know, the, the uh, most famous Falcon, who is half-human, did that quite a bit, but yeah. not his father. <laughs> uh, anyway, then the second thing is, you are going to the Klingon homeworld. Why don't we just go to the exact spot on the Klingon homeworld that has the least number of Klingons, <laughs> and is the least reflective of Klingon culture, and doesn't look anything like what the Klingon culture from Enterprise through Voyager would have shown. It, does, it doesn't fit anywhere on that line. 
that they drew from Broken Bow all the way through uh, Endgame or whatever the end of Voyager was, right? It just doesn't make any sense. Um, and finally, the third thing is that while it's great that there was... But, but stun casting Clint Howard, and, and, and she almost he almost offered her Trania. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, <laughs> the third thing is this, and it's actually kind of what you were talking about, that this is supposed to be about the soul of the Federation and Starfleet, right? The thing is this, though. One person, yeah. one, that we've never heard of before, but is somehow a secret sibling of Spock in a certain sense, mm-hmm. decides to do the right thing, despite the fact that even Sarek was willing to do some pretty horrible things. The fact that the, the Starfleet command was willing to do, essentially, genocide. You've got not just, like, Two or three people on one ship arguing about what the what the uh, the flagship or the or the leading edge of a war with the Klingons would do. You have literally one person up against a Starfleet in the Federation that is willing to do anything to win a war. So I have a little bit of a problem with that <laughs> because there is no way that that redeems or turns around the fact that the Federation went that far. Mm-hmm. And 10 years later, we're supposed to expect that now they're the Federation and Starfleet that we recognized from original series. So either this is definitely a different timeline, although they beat you over the head with the fact that it was the prime timeline. Or I don't know that these I don't know that these writers were able to take Fuller's idea and meld it with. I know that they say that, you know, oh, they're actually going to show in the second season and perhaps the third season a lot more evidence of how it all fits together. But. That, to me, is them trying to take what they already had pretty much in the can and maybe try to fix it. <laughs> I don't know. It just feels like even they recognize that there's something wrong with what they were presenting. So, um, yeah, Gary, what did you think of it? Because uh, clearly you gave it a little bit higher marks than... Uh... Well, um I guess you could look at my uh, one opinion and then my mirror opinion. We'll start wow. start with start with one of my opinions. Um, I think they're putting across a top grade science fiction show. It's entertaining. It has lots of twists and turns, and I'm starting to feel after the, the full season through that I've uh, that I uh, can relate to or at least uh, sort of um, believe some of the characterizations that are you know happening on the show. Um, you know, Stamets has even started to warm up to me, which it took a long time, but um, I'm start. I, I finally started to enjoy his character a, l- a little bit more. Um, uh, Tilly was an unexpected surprise. I thought she was going to be the uh, annoying—I'll use the term Wesley character for lack of a better explanatory uh, descriptive—and um, uh, I, f- I found her to be quite enjoyable as well, uh, both in and out of the mirror universe. And so, uh, so there's a lot of uh, plus to to the show. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, so. Uh, kudos. I love great science fiction and I'll continue to watch the show. It's uh, well worth it. Um, now for my mirror person. What the hell did that Enterprise look like? Good God, man. Look at that. Look at the neck, the nacelles, and the stra- ah! <laughs> uh, 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 Breathe. Uh, uh, is uh, Sarek the model for that uh, holodeck program, the Laughing Vulcan? Um, uh, um, what else, where, where, where else can I go? Um, a uh, convicted mutineer uh, was able to stand in front of the Federation Council and give a whole uh, speech telling them that they were wrong and we're glad we stuck it to you because we did the right thing um uh, um where, where else should i go um uh they uh let giorgio escape the one the leader of a uh, of an entire empire what huh what um where, where else am i um uh are 
regardless of whatever universe you want to argue it is, it's obviously admirals are crazy in any universe. So at least there's consistency there. Uh, <laughs> what else? Uh, what else was there? Um, uh, I still need somebody to explain to me how they were able to regrow all the mycelium on that one planet out of nowhere. I still don't quite understand how it was in danger of being gone. And then they were able to completely reharvest a whole planet, whole planet in uh, less than a day. Um, uh, what else? Uh, why don't why doesn't every drive have a spore drive? Uh, why haven't they explained that to me yet? Um, what else? Um, right, wait, wait, let's just gloss over uh, the fact that they had sorry. the perfect excuse to get rid of the spore drive and then intentionally. What do you mean? It was gone. It was gone. It, it was. was gone. Exactly. And then they intentionally <laughs> brought it back for no apparent reason. But anyway, they couldn't even just say, hey, we've got enough for one last jump. No, no. Yes. Yeah. Well, they came up with the whole yeah. heart of the, the Epper ship you know, working. Yeah. Uh, they actually explained it well enough that I, you know, I drank the Kool-Aid. Oh, great. That's good. Yeah, that's going to work. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, so here's a chance to get rid of something troublesome. And obviously the writers, did. I felt, just did not want to pigeonhole themselves and get rid of it. So they, they brought it back just so they can have it in their pocket to play with later. And uh, again, mm-hmm. uh, sacrificing... Uh, a good story for potential stories and who knows how those potential stories are going to be. So I would say they dropped the ball on that one too. Well, what I'm worried about is, as I was saying, as much as I want to see them perhaps explore this particular portion of the story deeper, I'm worried that they're going to get caught up in kind of the excesses of some of the lesser uh, Peter David (laughs) or other such novels where it becomes... This entire story is the fixed continuity. And I really hope that they don't go down that road. At the same time, they have done so much to try and convince us that it is in the timeline that it's like, if you had just left it alone, it probably would have been better. The the only way they could have done that was to have Spock on that darn screen at the end of that episode, in the right uniform. Yeah. <laughs> KJ era, by the way. And uh, <laughs> that KJ, yes. might have had a, had a slim chance of um, cementing their argument. The, the choice to deliberately change the look of the ship, and I'm not going to get into semantics about, oh, they can make better looking ships in CGI now. Suck it. Uh, anyway, um, you know, this is supposed to be the most advanced ship of the fleet. It's supposed to look nicer and not hodgepodge together, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, their choice to do that, their choice to not have. Um, not have someone respond from that ship, be mm-hmm. it uh, uh, be it Pike himself, or at least someone saying he's Pike, or Spock, or heck, I would have taken Kelso for crying out loud. And uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, again, a, a chance to actually cement it to the Prime Universe that they they keep swearing by, and they completely obliterate all of it by choosing a different style ship. Not you know, other than the call out of Pike ship, not no interaction with a, heck. Number one would have been fantastic to have there. Wow, mm-hmm. what what a what a nice thing that would have been. You want, uh, but, uh, you want to have what could have been a fairly bold move to kind of solve, like I said, a lot of the, these different problems. Don't make it the Enterprise. Have the Kelvin show up. Yeah. John, that would have started whole wars that I don't even want to get into. Uh, <laughs> why not? Because literally it would have solved every single problem with continuity by showing it's in the Kelvin timeline instead. And everyone would have gone, okay, they're more militaristic anyway. That would actually make sense. <laughs> Well, we could get into a Franz Joseph Dreadnought. Would have been really nice, but you know, damn, ooh, I have, but I have dreams. Now you're getting so, into anyway. the deep, deep stuff here. Sorry, but uh, well, as I said, I pulled out the manual earlier, yeah. <laughs> earlier this week, so I was I was skipping around. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so like I said, um, I would they should just give up the premise, you know, of being a, the prime prime 
Prime universe. Uh, the movies gave it up you know, from the get-go. They said, we want to do something different. We can't be locked into there. Otherwise, you know, our hands are tied. So we're going to open it all up. And, geez, I thought, you know, most of the fans would be, be fine. And, um, you know... I haven't brought it up in four episodes, so I'll, I guess I'm free to bring it up now. Uh, you know, there's a, a lot of uh, I still think a lot of Discovery was a knee-jerk response to Axanar and its popularity, and their their drumming of the fact that they were working in the Prime Universe. And I think that uh, uh, CBS felt the need to sort of beat that same drum, and for no reason, absolutely for no reason whatsoever either, because uh, so you know, so many original fans were up in air about this series that I don't think it bought them any extra fandom by uh, making the claim that they have yet to prove is true. Yeah. Uh, so I again, I just don't. Um, I don't see. I would have loved to had this universe set. And geez, I think it still could be to a large extent set in the in the JJ uh, verse, if you will, or the Kelvin verse, yeah. and it would have fit in pretty darn well. Um, it would have made a lot more sense why they were still much more militaristic and overbuilt and things along those lines. And um, I, I would have fit perfectly and worked well, but they chose not to do that, and for the reasons I, at least I feel that I said earlier. So, but. I, Regardless, it, it's here, it's it's playing, and it's good. Um, I still am having a hard time with Burnham. I don't, I really just, I, I, I don't, uh, I get what they're trying to do with the character, but it just doesn't resonate with me. Um, so many of the other characters, it does. Uh, how are you guys? Are you finding, do you feel it's, well, at least for me, I'm not sure, uh, I th- almost think it's more the actress than the writing, but the writings for her dialogue is usually pretty darn cheesy. I feel like they loved the idea of, having a kind of mirror to Spock as the main character. Um, And what's even more interesting is that they made a big deal out of the fact that they would explain why her name was Michael, and not once did they do so. Um, It just doesn't really seem to be consistently written as a character, so it's hard to say that, that Burnham is compelling as someone who would be at the crux of this moral dilemma. I mean, it's nice that the person who started the war ends the war, but I don't feel like she grew in some way throughout, except for perhaps seeing that she fit really, really well into the mirror universe, and that might have taught her a lesson. But (laughs) this whole first season is an exercise in barely touching on the implications of a plot point before rushing to the next one. So, How about you, Edmund? What are your thoughts on Burnham? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm... When it got to that uh, that 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 final scene with Burnham uh, sort of schooling the Federation, um, what, what one thing that, uh, that that occurred to me as they were panning to the other crew members, um, and certainly you know I mean you know no I mean, you know Stamets and Tilly you know did, you know did make an impression on me you know I you know I did feel I had a sense of their characters, um, but as they were sort of you know go, you know go, 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 going through that sequence. Um, it felt to me like, yes, I have some idea of who these people are, but I don't have as deep an idea of who these people are as I did with the original series. And I don't know if this is a function of um, having watching a series week to week, episode episode by episode, and only having 15 episodes, um, as opposed to... Um, you know, with me being of, of the three of us, the one who was a little bit older and, you know, yeah, spent the seventies watching the syndicated reruns, you know, and just, you know, immersing myself in the original series in the, you know, in, in, in the original lengths when you had all of those nice little, 
scenes between Spock and McCoy and in the mess halls, you know, they, 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 they then started cutting out because they needed to get more commercials in. Um, you know, so I, you know, I, you know, the, for, for me, I was a little bit too young to see it in the original, but I was watching it on this indication and having that experience of watching an episode every day, um, and really getting, immersed in the characters um but i think but i but i i think that's that that's another uh, another issue here of you know they yeah yes they filled in some of the backgrounds of the characters um and and with the original series i mean it wasn't that you were getting you know specific details but it was in terms of those character moments and seeing the way they interacted with each other which we didn't get as much in this series you know so so certainly you know as as they were going through that ceremony and showing all the other members of the crew. And I was sitting there going, you know, no, I don't feel like I, I don't feel that I know you as well as I knew those original series characters who you are supposedly, you know, moving us towards. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as, as it's, you know, I, you know, it's, I think that's, that, that that's another issue here of where, as, as you were saying, they, they, they were so John, they were, they, they were so, intent on trying to hit these these plot points and then shift it and twist it away from what originally was what originally was set up and what they wanted to take it to that they they they, they did miss some of the you know actually establishing the the depth of the characters and get us to really care about them as people mm. well what i'm looking forward to is what they can do in the second season with just the people who are running the show <laughs> doing their own thing, not trying to work with what somebody else started and do as few modifications to as possible to keep the budget down. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Um, just as we kind of are getting close to wrapping up this particular episode, but um, we still have a few things. For instance, on Monday nights, there is Supergirl, which Long is episode, three, <laughs> episode 13, uh, both sides now, which I thought was a pretty nice mid season finale. Uh, or mid-season break, cliffhanger, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we also have, on uh, Monday nights, the return of Legends of Tomorrow, with uh, Season 3, Episode 10, Daddy Darkest, and Episode 11, Here I Go Again. Uh, rounding out the uh, DCW right now is The Flash, with uh, Season 4, Episode 13, True Colors, uh, and two episodes of Black Lightning, Episode 4, Black Jesus, and Episode 5, And Then the Devil Brought the Plague. Um... My general opinion right now is that, um, yeah, I basically feel like right now Black Lightning is probably the most consistent and strong of those shows. Um, but what, how about you, Gary? I know that it's going to be hard not to uh, or hard to vote against the Legion. But uh, what, what do you think? No, no, no. I got the DCW. I, I cannot. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, Black, Black Lightning is consistent, and I'm curious to see. You know, I imagine writers when they write these kind of shows have like the first, you know, several episodes sort of in their mental pocket, so to speak. So I'm curious when we hit issue episodes like seven and eight if they're going to keep it up. So I'm um, so I, I love the show so far. I think it's doing a fantastic job. Um, I'm I'm enjoying uh, I'm enjoying the main character. Uh, I'm having a good time with it. I really. Uh, think they're um, balancing everything out well and i really feel like i'm looking through uh through uh, jefferson's eyes to see uh, to see what's happening and I, I like that sort of um that we're getting his perspective sometimes instead of a, a you know sort of an overall perspective or stuff like that mm -hmm. i feel to a large extent i'm i'm staying in his mindset which i like i like that 
well, that focus for the series. Um, just real quick, um, I know you you poo pooed it, John, or at least didn't think that much of it. But I thought the last Flash episode was um, was amazingly good. Uh, I I liked the uh, variety of. Uh, characters that Barry put away that he had to sort of work with and hide from. I thought it was very well done. Barry was still trying to uh, do good without um, without revealing himself at first. And then even later when he was revealed, you know, I, I, I still felt that the whole situation came off very believable. Um, the twist of the whole brainloading thing really uh, surprised the heck out of me. Um, and it was, I, I think it's uh, going to be a fun place to go from this point forward. I still want them to get him out of prison. I hate having Barry in prison. I still... Mm-hmm. It's just that sort of lingering from his whole father issue that I think uh, is uh, is affecting me even. So um, uh, I'd, I'd like to see see that um, move through at some point. And um, Supergirl, jeez, uh, it was one of those things where I felt all the material was there in that stupid good cop bad cop routine. With just oh please let it end, God. Yeah, it was uh, over the top for sure. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, I, and even if they did it with one scene, I would have even been okay. But I counted three separate things where they did it. I was like, oh good mm-hmm. lord. Yeah, writing room so that day did you not have the coffee pot running <laughs> um, but yeah so i mean once would have been okay even twice and then you call each other on what you're doing but yeah three times was just over the top for for an hour show to to stay on that on that one single plot device um i thought they both had merits i thought alex was 100 percent right to you know they're trying to kill you stick it to them and you know at the same time kara's trying no no there's somebody good in there we, we got to get it out of them and so, so i mean i thought both both were valid and uh, it just didn't come together right, um, uh, at least as much as I would have liked it to. So, um, it was so that- because they tried to be too polarizing, and it didn't ring true to the characters because of that. Yeah, and um, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, jeez, uh, uh, this almost falls into a librarian's kind of mold for me for what it is. But at the same time, please get rid of Dark. Uh, Damien Dark, please just get get rid of them. Uh, bring anybody else in. I I have suggestions if they can't think of somebody. But please, <laughs> and it's not that I don't I love the actor, but I, I feel that he's too much of a uh, Deuces Macama, and he just um he just they try to use his powers. At some point, he can just wave them all off into the wall, and other times he's fighting hand to hand with them. They just there's no consistency of power for him, and it just. It strains my credulity to um, understand, you know, what's going on because they alternate them between godlike guy will pick you up and hover you like the Force to um, getting beat around with uh, White Canary's fists. So, um, so I, uh, they either have to make him much more consistent power wise, or just just find somebody else. You know, it's not that these they're they're playing with all the time and space here. There's got to be other people that you know they can oppose that can oppose him. It just I, I'm just very frustrated that they keep dipping back into that well. Oh, and also, uh, Captain Cold's left. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, jeez, yeah. Mm. Yeah, he left us cold. Uh, finally, what we have here, and this was just the other night, was the return of Star Wars Rebels. Uh, two episodes. Season 4, episode 10, Jedi Knight, and 11, Doom. And uh, so, uh, Gary, I kind of called it. <laughs> Both yes. the fact that yes. Kanan and Hera were a thing, yeah. and then... <laughs> But you made me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I. I. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not happy about it. Um, <laughs> we were sitting watching it with the family, and uh, my daughter and I both cried out. No, at this at almost the same time. Aww. I. I didn't both in too much pain. Uh, <laughs> that was. Uh, it was almost unexpected. It, well, I, I, I was not expecting it at that point in time. I thought they were going to save that. Because I'd heard rumors of it, I was hoping for later in the season. But 
there's yeah, not much they left. Yeah, we're foreshadowing that pretty pretty strongly, though, so I'm not too surprised. Plus, it does kind of push Ezra into a new space for the end of the season and end of the series. So, yeah. It, I start to bumble curses as soon as he and Hera kissed. Uh-huh. I said, oh, that was, no, that was it. oh, geez. Oh, God. No. Literally the kiss of death. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Force powers I'd never seen him use before, which was kind of cool. True, true. If you're going to go out, you might as well go out in style. Mm, yeah. All I right. Really got everything. Uh... Yeah, well, well and, and it also did a nice job of kind of showing how and why Thrawn's little plans were perhaps thwarted and therefore um, someone else's project took prominence. Yes, that was uh, that, that was uh, that was interesting. That was uh, an interesting uh, tidbit that they threw in there that was unexpected but nice. And it was interesting. You want to think that the. Uh, the Empire has unlimited resources. And geez, to compare compare the Death Star to building a new type of ship, I, <laughs> it, it just it, it did it seem like not quite oh not the same scale. Yeah. We lost we lost our fuel, so we're going to abandon this improvement on our TIE fighters. So guess what, guys? Hey, those old ones, just keep churning them out. Yeah, we got a better one, but no, not you build those. Anyway, but yeah, but it was nice to see Thrawn again. It was, and uh, I'm still not sure how they're going to wrap him up, or if they're going to wrap him up at this rate. Uh, We'll have to see. All right, uh, so guys, that brings us to the end of our episodic discussion. So um, it also brings us to the end of our week. So Edmund, any last thoughts? Um, There was actually one one last show I wanted to mention. I've only caught the first episode, um, but uh, Counterpart over on Stars um, looks like, at least based on the one episode, an interesting little take on uh, the the, the alternate universe trope that uh, we we were introduced to via Fringe. Um, It's uh, J.K. Simmons is starring. um, Also Olivia Williams from Dollhouse in Manhattan, two of our late late, late lamented and uh, celebrated series. Um, And uh, it's uh, I uh, again. We'll 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 try we'll try not to spoil too much. Uh, but uh, um, it is it is uh, a situation where an alternate universe uh, has been discovered, um, and uh, J.K. Simmons is playing both his uh, sort of uh, milk toast middle management type on our side, um, who then is discovers that uh, his uh, counterpart on the other side, uh, who has come over with information for uh, for us, um, is much more accomplished um and uh, so uh so playing on those uh you know on uh, certainly on, on those fringe elements of uh one actor getting to getting to uh show off his chops and uh play uh two characters in very different ways um and uh i am i i'm quite intrigued to see where this goes um and it it and it was it was interesting that it reminded me a lot of china china Mieville's, uh the city in the city which i've now discovered is actually uh, about to uh, has been adapted uh, for TV and is going to be premiering over in uh, the UK soon. I think later this spring um, with, uh, I believe David Morrissey um, starring in it. I will have to check on that, um, but I'm rather intrigued to see uh, what, uh, how, how, how they pull off adapting uh, a book, which is uh, quite a challenge um, and in a similar vein. Hmm. Very cool. Gary, how about you? Any last thoughts for this week? Uh, no, but we do have a bunch of shows um, sort of wrapping up, which uh, was um, is, is sad. I'm, I really love this uh, 
I am. I, well, in general, I'll just say that I love the uh, that uh, our non-traditional seasons are um, always present now at this point, and we're just roll one from the other without any real uh, summer break anymore or anything like that. So. <laughs> They just pop up all over the place. Well, it is, you know, it's not even a matter of like, okay, the season ends, you know, this, this Sunday and now Monday, a whole, whole bunch of shows, they're all starting to overlap now. So you're not even having that clear fall distinction from a summer distinction there. It's all starting to go away. You throw wild cards like Netflix into the mix that just toss out, toss out shows at any time during the seasons. So, I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's, we don't have, well, we really don't have seasons anymore. And that's sort of good. Cause we get to just get this flow of new shows that constantly uh, come up. Absolutely. If only I can remember to set, set my, uh, DVR. <laughs> it does. It does kind of present a challenge. All right. Well, that's it then, and we are going to go ahead and wrap things up. So, until next time. And so ends another epic episode of the Critical Myth. If you want to leave a comment for this show, head over to vognetwork.com. Not only can you find links to the podcast version of each show. But there is a dedicated forum, a ton of written reviews and related articles by the crew throughout the site. For the written reviews, you can even leave your own review. So let us know if you agree or not. You can also leave comments on our Facebook page, Critical Myth, on Twitter at Critical Myth, or Google Plus under The Critical Myth Show. Any and all use of copyrighted material is only intended for discussion, commentary, parody, or educational purposes, in accordance with U.S. Code Title 17, also known as fair use. In other words, please don't sue us. And of course, the statements and opinions of the Critical Myth crew are not necessarily those of the VOG network, its partners, or affiliates. But let's face it, we're probably right anyway. Until next time, watch, watch, read, read, and listen, and listen, and believe, and believe in the, criti- in the Critical Myth. <laughs>